All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live streamed post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 20. So if you have not watched that session yet, please go do that now because we're going to spoil it. I'm your DM, Eric, and joining me is uh, Val Robbins player, Chris. I'm doing it anyway. I don't know why. Hello. <laughs> Ray's player, Heather. Hello. And Edmonds players, player Raymond. <laughs> Just make it so difficult on myself. Who has returned? Like he said Ray's player. Ray's, yeah. I thought he was I talking fumbled, to Ray. I fumbled at the very end. Yeah. I, I carried I, the ball. I neared the finish, but. You dropped it right as you like, did. We're in between like the half yard line and the goal line. That's right. First and goal is still pretty good. Yeah, it's live ball at that point. So you guys decided to go right down to the tunnel at the beginning of the session, which is totally something you could do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I was initially thinking like, yeah, like some people look at the tunnel, some people look at the office. But I, you know, Reese disagreed and I was like, all right, fine. Let's all go. Yeah, that's, uh, I wasn't too convicted on it. So yeah. like. It would have made it, I obviously I would let you guys do that, but it would have been a weird situation because some of you would just see what's going on in there and then the rest of you are just going to this next dungeon. So eventually, I assume the other half is going to have to join you guys. And I think the problem there is that, too, like I didn't realize that going down in the tunnel meant like, a description of us traveling for like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like there was something straight down there. Right. It was like, it was like a narrative time jump, right? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, you guys, we guys walk for 10 minutes down the tunnel and then you go, you're out in the, in the woods. Yeah. So, you know, people in the office would just be like, okay, all that's happening while they're still in walking. Yeah. Out, I guess. Yeah. Or, you know, it could have been the people in the tunnel, like come back and like, all right, that tunnel keeps going. Like we can't, you know, split right. that much or something, but. So I think this worked out just fine, just doing it, doing this first. And... Yeah. Yeah, so this is the way this quest is initially designed. This is the map for this quest. Okay. And I think I can go ahead and explain it a little bit, which is basically that these, which they're called Verbeegs, which is just a funny play on very big, I guess. Um, oh, I never. Yeah, okay. Oh, which are which are classified as giants, but they're not hill giants. So I guess they're just the next. They're they're kind of similar to ogres, I guess, stat block wise. Um, I I never. I think they were added in Prime. I don't know if they were in any other uh, wizards. Maybe they were. Are they similar to? I mean, I I I don't know if you had a zoomed in picture of the one that we fought, but are they similar to the Furbolg, the the playable race? Um, I don't think I don't think furballs are large. I don't think furballs are all, large. Yeah, but, but they are supposed to be like large, like giant descended or something. Kind of, like that. yeah, yeah. They are considered giants. Um, okay. But yeah, I think they're just maybe like a step below hill giant or something. But anyway, the entire, literally, the original plot is just this Verbig uh, attacked the Mead Hall, stole a bunch of casks, and is camped out in this cave. And you got to go get him back and fight this guy. Oh. That's the entire extent okay. of the original quest. So it's just very much a very classic, like, hit as a, a monster, monster in town, yes. go kill the monster. Yep. And the initial one is it's it's him, and the twist is that he's he stole the mead for his, like, verbig girlfriend, which is a funny twist, which is after you, like, deal with that, you're exiting the dungeon, and she comes in with, like, her, like, I don't know what she's got, a dead animal or something. She's like, oh, what did you do? Um, he has the ogre is a friend of his. Um, it never explains why, 
And then he's got a, there's a cave bear up in that frozen pond area, which he also has. So I guess he just has a bunch of like allies with him. Okay. Um, and there's normal sized animals in the pen. So, Cause I added the whole ocean and large, and all that shit is all me. So it was just, Oh, all the stuff that actually ties it to the meat hall. <laughs> yeah. And then, and makes, and, and, and tied all these characters into that meat hall as well. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Okay. The statue, so, or, 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 I mean, just slightly chronologically. So the statue was, Bird mentioned then? If there was a cave bear up there initially? The statue is there in the book. It doesn't do the bless spell. I think it does like a restoration spell. I believe the items in the tomb are supposed to be cursed. And the statue can like uh, cast greater restoration ah, on you. I see. Um, but I was like, I don't want to curse the item. So I just had right. the statue be uh, blessing you. But yeah, I took the, <laughs> I took the bear out and replace the bear with the two dire wolves because I thought it'd be a cooler story thing, which uh, Heather definitely picked up on this. Uh, you guys, so I, I put that journal in the tunnel, obviously to foreshadow a lot of the events you're going to yeah. end up doing, which of course, yeah, the two dogs were the, I just turned into the two dire wolves um, and then put them on basically the other side of the map, which uh, you guys could have technically skirted along the whole, that whole edge and gone around to that main entrance. And you just would have seen those dire wolves right there at the entrance. So obviously probably wouldn't have gone in there. Ah, uh, okay, I see. They're just hanging out near that skeleton over yeah. there? Okay. So, yeah, in terms of, I guess... So, I, I, I mean, you mentioned this at some point, but we kind of went in maybe an odd path? I mean, I don't know if there's ever an odd path when it comes to how you approach a dungeon. This, this is a really, this is a tricky one because there's literally, it's not a big dungeon. There's four entrances to get in. So yeah. who knows what the players are going to do. Um, initially, the Verbeeg Doug, which is, I named him Dugan because uh, I don't know who was a, or Doug, I guess. Um, I think it was Doug. supposed to be in the circular room that's like just a kind of a midsection like a pathway between all these other things, just like carving a knife or something. Just kind of hang. He's basically supposed to be hanging out in one of these areas. An entry hall. I removed him and basically just put in my notes, like he's going to appear like whatever the most convenient time or section is, essentially. He's just kind of in the DM, you know, pocket zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And... The ogre was in the initial room, and he is written to where if you find, if you sneak up on, if you go through the tunnel, he's asleep and his back is turned to that tunnel. So if you like look in there and you know you can spot him. But the funny thing is, you guys, which I love, you guys were doing such a funny job of role playing the whole statue thing and then going to the tomb and all that. But at some point, I was like, all right, there's going to be some consequences because they know this is not a, you know, they haven't cleared this dungeon and they're just yelling at each other. Yeah, so we're not stealthing at all. And in fact, not, in the opposite, yeah. you're just kind of, which, you know, I, I love that, but I was like, there's got to be a consequence here. So that ogre definitely wakes up and starts, you know, patrolling, uh, which means I put him on the GM layer and kind of move him off. And then you guys just kept kind of making noises, having fun. So I just had him return essentially and started <laughs> that. About that while we were digging up the statue too. I was like, I thought that like that's that's an interesting just I don't know I don't know if it's a psychological concept with with, the, with your players where like you're in a room and you just sort of assume that like all sounds and mm. everything is just is localized in the room you're in yeah because you can't see the enemies so surely they can't hear if we're like axing through <laughs> ice in this room right that's a tricky exactly. thing to adjudicate as a DM also 
Um, because it gets tricky in all those situations. Like, all right, which rooms gets alerted for what? And then how is this room yeah. set up? And what's what's logical versus what's the most enjoyable narrative-wise? Sure, because if you were doing, like, real, like, sound, like you know, any sound we yeah. make alerts the entire place, that right. becomes a real bummer in most dungeons real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I let you guys jack with the ice things. I was like, all right, there's nobody in that, basically, at like half of the dungeon, so you could do that. But once you guys started making noise in the t- in the sarcophagus room, I was like, all right, that ogre's going to wake up and start patrolling. And then when the ogre entered combat, then he's going to then alert the other guy, which is the the verb the head verbi guy that's behind everything. And then he now, can then alert uh, the wolf. So it's kind of a cascading thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to clarify that the verbi how it's used here is different in your story than in the book, right? Cuz I I guess what I'm what I'm imagining in your story is that these guys were both humans to start with. Yes. And through their experiments, they became hulking monsters. Right, yeah. I, sorry, I, I'm saying Verbi because that's the stat block and that's the creature sheet I've been looking at, but this is basically a hulked-out, like, human. Right, human. And, yeah. and in the original story, a Verbi is like an actual, just a type of monster. It's a type of, yes, it's a type of giant, okay. yeah, it's like a giant monster and he eats people and stuff, yeah. Which is why I had, exactly. and he's just, and it's a regular ogre, but I had fun with it. Like, okay, well, what if the ogre was like a non-perfected version of the enlarged potion? So it made him a Hulk, it literally like a Hulk out that was like really dumb and just a brute. And that's kind of what happened right. to Harold. So yeah, as kind of a warning, like it's not ready for people yet necessarily. Which when you were reading those journals, I was like, wow, this Dugan sounds like a real like sociopath. Like, it's like, I'm going to go work with this guy, but then I'm also going to experiment on him <laughs> against <laughs> his will. I mean, I wanted to throw some, some moral quandaries at you guys and see how you ended up dealing with that in terms of like and some of them were people I, some of them were behind these things some of the things they didn't be accidental some of them were uh yeah. purposeful like yeah and the, the the gauge being in on it was also a surprise because i think we all thought that it was like a you know somebody who because she i i was confused I, maybe you could expand on that because she reported them though Initially, she reported that they were stealing things and that she had found them in a tunnel. So, if you recall, her last journal entry was like, "I follow." Or her last, sorry, her she wasn't writing a journal. It was a a report that she made. Yeah, is that she had found the tunnel and found that they had seen some kind of cave, and then, um, or no, she did write it. It was in, in her locker. She mentioned the fact that you know I'm gonna, you know, this is considered this evidence of everything I've seen so far, and. Time-wise, that's before she entered the cave and, like, talked to them and met them and stuff. Yeah. So what I was trying to get across is that initially she was going to be a whistleblower, and then she, once she saw what they were doing and what they were capable of, she basically had a change of heart and thought, like, uh, oh, yeah, I can yeah. see the potential in this. You actually yeah. created a whole system here. and, and I saw the dollar signs. Yeah, that's exactly, right. and kind of did it, which I thought would be a fun twist. You think, oh, is she, like, a damsel in distress here? What happened to her? But it turns out she's... Uh, Which, basically, I don't know if this is what you were going for, but I got a real like, like, uh, like meth cooks in trailers in the woods sort of vibe <laughs> out of this whole scenario. Yeah, like these folks were deluded. They thought they, thought they were going to get rich off making their homemade meth. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, this concoction for sure. And it happened to be that in order to do that, they had to like fuck over the the actual like place right. they were getting their supply from. Yeah, that was definitely the storyline I was going for. <laughs> yeah. It's great okay. that everyone has blessed but me and 
Dumbleed. That was something I, I thought would have been interesting. Is like, you know, I could make it so cause I, in previous things, it's like only good aligned people can get this thing. Or that's what I thought it was. When we and, were, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, what if we actually used a skill check? Um, you know, I'm just thinking like video game wise. Like, if people had to like literally when they touch the statue, they have to roll a check in order to actually get the benefit from it. I was like, let's just use religion, and and then yeah. that determined. It was a DC 12 I had in my notes. So it wasn't that high, but yeah. some of you, yeah, not good on the religion checks. Which I like that because religion and history. Not used much. Bit. Well, they're only used, they're not used in, in physical things. They're only used to know things. Oh, yeah, to gather. Yeah, that's true. So there's not very, very many opportunities to use those kinds of uh, skill checks in like physical, like like tangible ways. It's always yeah. just like, well, what do you know about a thing? We'll roll a history check. What do you know about a thing? Roll a, a religion check. And this was an interesting use of it where it's like, well, are you going to get the benefits of this religious artifact? You know, roll a religion check, which is sort of an unusual use of that skill. Which is cool. Yeah. It, 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 and it worked amazingly for Celeste. I, don't, I would have to calculate the number of hits she got because she was rolling like a 10 attack and then got like a plus Every three time. or four. And all these guys have like an AC of like 11, 12, or 13, or 14, or whatever. And it was like, holy crap, you're mailing all of these hits because of that bless. Right. Yeah, combat-wise, oh my goodness. Like, you guys kicked so much ass. I don't know if you Shut ever missed an I don't know if you ever missed an attack. And so many freaking crits. I mean, ogres are no joke. There's CR2. This guy had 64 hit points. He got one hit off. He got one hit off on Frey, and then you guys just shut mm -hmm. him the fuck down. Um, and the Verbeeg, I'm not even kidding, had 93 hit points. Really? Boy. Yeah. They have How an, low did we get him? You got him down to 31 after Frey's crit. Jeez. Yeah, and then... Uh, and So when you first did your intimidation thing, he had like, you know... 80 hit points left, and he still has Wolf, and I was like, all right, that's a great roll, and he's maybe starting to think about it, but he's still feeling pretty good. And then he had a whole sure. round, and he rolled so bad on initiative. Um, the fact that you guys got a surprise round plus bad initiative means you guys basically have two full rounds against him. Yeah. And so, yeah, you did a shit ton of damage to him, and by the time it was... I never attacked with him. Because mm -hmm. it was Frey during round two, uh, basically effectively intimidated him down into into surrendering yeah which i had in my notes if you had reduced him down i think i said 20 or fewer hit points then he would surrender um you know he was at 31 and you guys were just kicking so much ass and i was like you know what it just feels appropriate at this point in the, that, that was the, second in the battle we had tried to talk him down twice then at that point yes like, yeah. yeah and this was yeah you kind of set it up and then you guys had done a ton of damage to him and he's like all right he's willing to talk but <laughs> He's he's like a double ogre because he he does as much damage as an ogre, but he can attack twice. Oh, okay. Well, that that would have hurt. That yeah. would have hurt. That and he hurt never got to attack. You guys played it so well, and I was like, man, he's a CR four, like, and you guys just kicked all kinds of ass. Wow. Now, granted, you played it smart because you took out the ogre first, completely took him out, and then I was in an awkward position because I was like, all right, the ogres alerted other threats, so. I'm gonna. I was gonna. Keep, and I, you notice, I kept everybody. In, kept everybody in initiative order, because I'm like, you know, we're still ongoing threats and stuff. But then you guys were like, all right, we're just gonna hunker down and prepare. And everybody's like, all right, I'm gonna pass my turn in ready and action. It's like, all right, at that point, I'm just gonna take everybody out of combat, and then you know, explain to me what you guys are doing 
without the context of having to be in common initiative order. And then meanwhile, I'm setting up my pieces around the board, which is uh, him and one of the dogs are going up the tunnel and the other one is going around the other side. Yeah. And then you guys set up your surprise round. So that was the right. best way to mechanically handle that. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to leave you guys yeah. initiative while we're like slowly doing all those things. Right. Cause I mean, the initiative thing just would have been long, the same results. Cause I think we were all just readying for him to come around the corner. Yeah. This mm-hmm. would have been a little bit more awkward. Cause it was like in initiative order. Instead yeah. of just getting getting ready. Yeah. So tactically, I'm not sure you could have done a better job because you took out the ogre by himself. You only had one attack off, and then you got a surprise round off the verbig. And because he rolled so bad on initiative, you had two full rounds. I did have one wolf come in and attack, which was doing some damage, but mm-hmm. um, once you guys could like kick its ass, didn't do much. And then the other wolf couldn't even get to you guys. It was basically behind because you hunkered down in a small spot, which is a great place to fight giant creatures. So I don't know if you guys could have done a better job of handling what could have potentially been a very dangerous combat encounter had you fought all of these guys in a large room. Right. So in in that to that end, what was your mental image of the fight? Because it sounded like you, you were prepared for the fight to happen in that room with the bonfire. Yeah, yeah, I just, I kind of assumed because that room had so much shit in it, you guys would explore it. Yeah. But what's funny is, uh, and Frey was going there, but you guys were all like, no, fuck that room. <laughs> we don't want to deal with those giant goats. <laughs> yeah, that room had, like I said, the crate full of the potions. I was like, oh, man, they could even like drink one of these potions, not even knowing what it does, and end up like getting in big end and all that. Um, the goats, I didn't have a lot of fast and hard rules about the goats. It was They were basically deranged and mad from their state. So if anybody got near the pen and tried to interact with them, they would probably bust out and attack, which they did have the giant goat stat block. I right. did, I was kind of hoping Reese would be more um, upset as Thimbleweed, seeing what is these animals being experimented on and mutated and all that. But instead he was just kind of like, no, nah, fuck those goats, let's just not be anywhere near them. He also mentioned he's out of spells, so he was not able to talk to You could to talk goats, to him, so. yeah. <laughs> That's true. It makes um, a difference when we have also, all of our also, things. I don't, yeah, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> also, I don't think his relationship with goats is positive. Like, I think he, he's antagonistic towards goats right i don't know he freed the goats at the dwarder outpost though and they they i, got, guess, I guess that's true they got did. yeah it's a, a complicated relationship it's it's complicated it's complicated the relationship status is complicated <laughs> the bonfire even has rules by the way this is a roaring fire that if you enter the fire space you take 3d6 fire damage and if I you leave the fire you remain on fire and take like 1d6 oh, really? fire damage wow. unless you spend an action extinguishing it so yeah, I was I, I I was kind of expecting a fight to be here, and you guys using the fire and using the goats and have these like environmental things to do. I'm about to say this, these are these are the Raymond rules. They, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, like, and then I could have come in. This room, I got to figure out what is, what's going to happen when he throws people in the fire. Yeah, I mean, had you come in here originally, like literally, I could have had the verbi coming in one area, the ogre coming down another, the wolves are coming in. Like it would have been a giant fucking fight. Yeah. But instead, you guys. I've been very painful. Really expecting with all the things we were going into with this TPK. I've got no rages to tank yeah. a whole bunch of damage. If we were like, surrounded, then I yeah. didn't see that four four of all all four of those guys. Yes, mm-hmm. I think you guys would have had to like literally pull back like into the tunnels, which I was also interested in. Note like, can you? Would you? I don't think we would have been able to. Would you think to I like don't. go back into a more tactically advantageous yeah. position? Ray wouldn't. Yeah, she'd just be good. <laughs> just, just get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so drawing them in kind of one and two at a time was 
the right call. The right call. Yeah, yeah I, I'm shocked that I didn't even get a single attack off. I got literally in the entire common encounter, I got one attack with the ogre. I think I got two attacks with the wolf, but only one hit. Yep. And then zero attacks with the verbeek, who, like I said, does the, I think the same damage as the ogre, but can attack twice. Jeez. I don't know if he has the same plus to hit. It might be better. That would have been very painful. Plus, plus six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same as the ogre. Yeah, what instead you guys kicked ass. And the other thing is, I was like thinking, like, okay, how do I handle the other Verbeek, which I made, you know, Gage, who is kind of mm-hmm. allied with them at this point, and especially, and, you know, she's gotten the Verbeek formula, and she's, you know, enlarged as well. Now, that'd be a funny thing if, or an interesting complication if you guys, you know, defeated him and she walks in and all that. The problem is, it's a weird thing to do that pacing-wise, because it's like you guys complete the dungeon, you you solve everything, and then all of a sudden there's this other thing you have to fight. I kind of already pulled that card when I did the Yeti thing also, when I did the Yeti dad coming back. Oh, I guess that, that's true. It's but, very very much a similar but that's life. Which, I'm annoyed that the, the, the adventure writes both of those in there. It's like there's multiple situations where you go into a dungeon and you leave the dungeon and then this other fight happens. Like, that's, pacing-wise, it's just off. Yeah. That one worked because you guys almost got into the, out of that fight without even a fight and then you had to fight him. But this one, you guys were fighting these guys a lot. So I'm glad when you explored there and then shouted out and like basically talked him down because I was thinking, all right, how narratively do I, you know, still not forget about her as a character, but not necessarily literally wanting to force this fight on the players because right, especially considering we had talked tedious. him down. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a like it's not like from her perspective we'd gone in and like killed her, you know, boyfriend. Right, that would have been an interesting thing had you like captured him like you did with Harold and like tied him up. Then she shows up and obviously is super enraged and everything and. That could have been a different deal, and maybe I would force a fight at that point. But because yeah. you specifically let him live and everything, and then he's and you just treated it like the cops are just shutting this place down, which is pretty yes. funny. Just flashing that badge and pretty sure talking about like, we're, like you can leave and we're gonna destroy all your shit. I got like I got like FBI like mm-hmm. raiding uh, the office flashes in my head. Just they're coming through, just taking computers, and just <laughs> them the boxes, just yep. taking your shit. Except in this case, you're like, Mafia, because they're coming in there just breaking all their shit. <laughs> like, you guys didn't pay the protection money. We're just going to destroy all your stuff. Yep. That's the side I was more coming from, is the Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, praise, praise the, the corrupt enforcer. cops. We're the corrupt cops. Yeah. <laughs> coming yeah. in here and just going to break all your shit. Praise hardcore the enforcer. <laughs> Which now, I think we're also in a moral predicament, because I'm thinking now, if we tell the constabulary of this town about the Verbeek's cave, they're going to get fucking murdered, right? The town folks are going to go out there and, and kill those folks. Ray, I'll take care of that. But also, I wonder about leaving them alone. Like, like, do we trust them to just stay in their cave and be, you know, be nice? I don't know. He's real afraid of me. Yeah. I mean, if we decide we just, you know, they're, they're not going to bother anybody over their cave. Fine. I don't, I don't want to hear in two weeks' time, universe-wise, <laughs> that the two Verbeek started their potions again and they're yeah. just giant, you know, fucking Back to their wolves. old ways. Yeah. I don't know. I think I put the, the fear into him pretty good. But yeah. if you make me come back here, I'll kill you. Yeah, that's that's fair. And and if and if we do have to come back here, you probably will kill him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> It'll be one of those like epilogue things where uh, you know after yeah. the adventure's concluded, like Frey goes back to this town and looks this guy up. It's like George with the tongue. It's Frey with the the things that yep. got to live. Yeah. Yep. Dugan was a recidivist, and Frey murdered him for it. <laughs> but yeah, we we completed this entire dungeon, which means had I just done it as written, this would have been a very short, easy, true, and dungeon, huh? mostly forgettable quest encounter which yeah i still think it's one of the better ones from chapter one because it has potential and i like the different creatures and you know if you run at a low level it says things like you know and initial text was all regular size animals like you can threaten the animals and the verbig freaks out and like oh no don't hurt my animals or something and there's right you know and the ogre is supposed to obviously be really dim-witted and supposed to start asleep which he did and there's ways you can like get around this without you know even fighting anybody uh, with the original yeah. mission. Yeah. No, I think I think yours is way more interesting because it, it it does very much sort of feel like something born of the town, like like just connected to it versus just you know if if it had been just you know a verbig is stealing you know uh, our ale or our our beer, it could be any, it could be anything, right? It could it could have been a. Uh, there's goblins. Right. <laughs> stealing our meat. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, it right? Is, yeah. A monster has a monster done a thing is, in our town. You must go defeat yeah, it. You must go defeat it. It's pretty much the most it, generic yeah. quest design you can come up with. It's, it's the quest It's the quest uh, dialogue that you just skip, right? Like, yeah. You just read it's, 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 it's randomly it's generated. It, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, like the, the name is highlighted and you can tell it's been randomly generated for something else. A they blank has... Fill in the blank yeah. has yeah. taken over our town. He's located Please at help the Verbig Lair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the west side of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my plan was to expand on that. I might have gone too heavy into it because this is taking quite a number of sessions. It is a, it is a pretty big one. It's, like, it's a big you've, one. You've built, it's, you've built yourself a pretty sizable adventure. I here. did. Yeah. Now, I, now my character needs a nap, though. Yeah, the interesting thing is, um, honestly, I would not have stopped you guys had you wanted to long rest before you came here that's tricky yeah it is tricky because i we all kind of agree about the pacing of dnds like mechanics where it's like you can't long rest too often or just breaks the entire difficulty breaks down so i really appreciate you guys didn't do that instead you just short rest and continued on but like you know, realistically, you guys were still in the middle of a town. You had access to just leave and go back to town. And I was talking about that in crafting. Like, I don't, you know, maybe I could have some kind of incentive. Like, Olives is like, I want you to get this done now. I'll give you more money or something. But ultimately, I was like, I'm not, yeah. I really can't stop them from just long resting and then just getting those benefits. So I guess I appreciate you guys. I was kind of half worried when you didn't. I was like, oh man, they're, they're pretty low on shit. Like, Ray doesn't have rages. Edmund, uh, uh, Valrama doesn't have any spell slots. Like, they're going into a whole another dungeon. Pretty when low on started, resources. When we started tonight, I was looking at my character sheet, going like, "Like, all right, this is this is a, this is a, this will be challenging, but I've got all these items I haven't used in a while. I yeah. haven't used the lantern. This lantern has the fairy fire thing in a while. Yep. Use the I spores. Got, I, got, I got these spores. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, so I was sort of like looking at it, like, all right, this is an opportunity to use yeah. other other methods. But yes, I, I there is sort of that odd like 
I don't know, unspoken tempo of long rest that we all kind of... it It's kind of hit this campaign pretty well, which you guys have picked up on, which is you do a, a quest, yeah. and then you're done, and you long rest. You go to the next yeah. area, you do the quest, you're done, and you long rest. That's, and that's, that's been a very yeah. good way for me to pace the difficulty because... You know, some of them are longer than others, but this one is definitely the longest because it's had multiple dungeons. Especially for those of you, I, had a, I initially I was not going to throw you into that huge dungeon on the road, that Knoll Cave dungeon. I but did that to add, so that added even more to it, which I had not initially prepared for. I feel like if you had done the the entirety of the Good Mead quest line, your entire arc, and been that done like one long rest, that would have been perfect timing. Yeah. For those of us who were in the Knoll Cave, yeah. it mm-hmm. wasn't quite because we used a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't know if we were just imagining that we we're going to long rest right after or. I think we were assuming. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of assuming going so, on there. <laughs> we were throwing resources out pretty yeah. wildly in that Knoll Cave. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that sort of, uh, I think for me and Heather specifically, sort of pressed us into this like. All right, we've used all our resources. Yeah. And it makes it interesting because it's like, well, Heather, bless her heart, still had Frey like charging forward. But I was like, does yeah. that does that literally change the way you approach like a dungeon crawl when you know you're like, nope. I got fucking nothing in the tank. I just. Yeah. That's why I went back and looked at my character sheet. I was like, my ideal is <laughs> I am not, I'm happiest when I throw myself into risks. All right. I got yep. nothing. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Let's see what happens. That's great. <laughs> that is great. So yeah, it looks like it will take another session to actually wrap things up, uh, which could... I, yeah, I, I, I still don't know if we're necessarily going to fight the bees, if we're going to release the bees into the snow. It's, I, I don't exactly know what we're going to do. I don't either, and it's honestly, a lot of it's just completely up to you. It, I, I've talked about this in crafting, I'll go ahead and admit, like, this one obviously does not have the big, strong story ties like some of the other ones I've done. So I don't need for things to happen certain ways, which is very liberating as a DM. So it really is just kind of, how do you guys want to solve any of these problems? I feel like I, we, did this, we did this in a pretty solid order where we're now faced with like the ending of like a Mass Effect quest. Yeah. Where we're, where we're like, how do you want to deal with the bees? Yeah. Exterminate <laughs> the bees? Allow the bees to conquer the, the town? <laughs> yeah. You know? And that will affect your ending slideshow in yeah. different ways. <laughs> and see, I don't even know if it's really going to be our decision because none of us can talk to the bees except Thimbleweed. That's true. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys did say you're going to go back in long rest, so I assume... You'll, well, he's going to be, he's going to get his ability to speak to bees back. Right. right yes. He's going to be the only one who can talk to the goddamn yeah. bees. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's it. Technically, Celeste has, she remembered that damn telepathy thing. So I don't know if that works. Oh, I think I, it, I it lets you communicate with anybody. Yeah. Interesting. She's <laughs> used to troll people. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> the goats are uh, in my mind. Yeah. And we also haven't gone in that office yet. Yeah, I got I to remember that. Yes, yeah. that's in, that's important. Yep. But yeah, I do like the way this has worked out. So story wise, because now we are in a unique <laughs> position where we understand what's why the bees are the way the bees are. <laughs> that, that it's not necessarily their fault that, that yeah. you know that that they're not like malicious in the sense of like they didn't make themselves. <laughs> you know. They're they're insects, right? Like they're not. They're just insects. Yes. Yeah. And now we have a 
we have a moral decision of like, well, how do we deal with these insects that are just too big for their own bridges? Yeah. Well, now they're also like super smart too. Yeah. Because they know they want out. They know they need to right. expand their hive. Yep. Like, but so they don't understand that it's cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see. Yeah. yeah. This will be how, interesting. How that will unfold, whether diplomatically, violently, or just not at all. Give a middle finger yeah. to the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that will do it for this week's Frostside Chats. Thank you. Oh, oh, I, oh also, I, I, please. one small note. I'm looking very much looking forward to, in my mind, it's like a, uh, like a trainer at a boxing match walking up to uh, Frey or Celeste, or probably Thimbleweed, too, and and like giving them a potion of growth. <laughs> like, drink this, drink this. Fire. Yeah, when you're in the middle of a battle. Yeah. yeah. So would that I make got, me? I got them all. Yeah, small to just a regular size. That's a good question. Because it makes that medium to question. large. It would just turn small to medium. <laughs> Probably. I mean, mechanically, it still gives you all the benefits, but physically, mm -hmm. yeah, that might end up being the case. Yep. Uh, we also better, forgot right? to actually, which, uh, you, I really felt for you guys. I was like, they fucking forgot about this tomb thing I set up for them, which I will which... tell you the reason I did that is because written in the book, it says a combined strength of 50 will open the tomb. Oh. And I'm thinking, why the fuck are all these giant people here and haven't opened this thing yet to loot it inside? Ah. Yeah. So I came up with the little puzzling mechanism there that they just didn't find that and figure that out. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, makes... But yeah, you guys completely forgot. Yes. This, this, this is the second time in like three sessions that this has happened to us, though, where we've approached a thing, a sh like like a, like something that's clearly a thing, but then like in a room to the right, we've we've heard enemies and got and distracted, totally forgotten about the thing. Yeah. On. Yeah, that's true. And I I figured that was the case. I was like, all right, I'm gonna remind them that there was the actual loot table thing that's over there. Yep. Which I kept the same as in the book. It's the exact same loop. Okay. But we Which forgot I, to... I, I, we haven't identified it Correct. Yet. We forgot oh, to identify okay. that. So I'll have to remember that for next time. Um, presumably when you guys come out and then... Uh, long rest, you can identify that stuff. Yep. All right. That will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to uh, Chris, Raymond, and Heather. I'm Eric. Thank you to the wonderful fans for watching. And we will see you all next week. See you next week, folks.